just to just to fill everybody in that, that's listening. This podcast is going to be a little bit of everything, shit talking, the serious conversations like we are with Mike right now. To 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 you know, just another day at tops, I guess. Uh, it could it, it's going to bounce around. So you know, for sure, people are going to have to wear earmuffs. Whoever well, we don't want to hear Jesus and Craig cussing, but yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Yep, yeah, because I'll try to watch. You know language. how bad we are. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, and this. Uh, I'm this rather one. surprised to hear any cussing coming from our choir boy, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, balance, yeah. balancing everything, right? Oh yeah. Yep. And we're back. Welcome back to another episode of Tops Daily Grind. It's uh, your part-time host, John here, and. Uh, this is episode 53. Just let him keep going. Yeah, let him keep going. 50, 63. 60, I said 63. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got Craig, Jesus, oh, Dylan, and... Uh, you deserve such a better introduction than this, but anyway, go. And Sorry. the one and only Ethan Becker. Um, before we start, I want to thank our all-time favorite sponsor, Tops Knives. Tops Knives established in 1998. Did you say knives? He did. I did say Tops Knives. But thank you, Top Snipe. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! This was a pretty good intro. The name of the company you work for how, is how do you, Tops How's he doing, sir? Knives. Is he doing pretty I good? I said Tops Knives. How's he doing? You said knife. No, no, um, I said knife. Hold on, I'm gonna roll it back. Jesus. I'm gonna shut John down for a minute. Remember yeah. the old hook and the and, and the, <laughs> yeah. the old yeah. the fuck Pull out him out off the stage. Hook. I'll follow with a broom. Yeah. I, I did good. I did good for being part-time host. <laughs> You're so optimistic about yourself. That's the greatest and, thing about oh John. He's God. he's the most optimistic. You person You can't I've convince ever met. him that he fucked anything up. Anyway, Craig, you want to redo that, please? <laughs> yeah, I would love. I would love to. Oh. This is episode. Consistency is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> he Thank is you. consistent. That is true. He is consistent. We love John. We just give him shit. But. Yep, you're a good dude, John. Thanks, even guys. though you screw up a lot of things. Just hey, a lot of them. I fix them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> so early, earlier today, Jesus and I were walking into the building, <laughs> and John was going the opposite direction, and the first words out of Jesus' mouth were, fuck that guy. <laughs> I didn't say that. Damn. I said I fucking hate that guy. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he's he's a fucking hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Yeah. We got we we have limited time with Ethan Becker. We're talking we about have, John's. We have a legitimate yeah. guest uh, here today. He's probably regretting his decision. He's probably to the most be legitimate guest besides Dan that we've had in a while. So <laughs> this is uh, this is Mr. Ethan Becker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Actually, it's been a great day. Um, I'm very happy when I can smell the smells of a machine shop. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and seeing people making stuff. Is always a pleasure, and how they do it is always a pleasure. If they do it well, and you guys are doing a damn good job, I will drink to that. Here, Thank here. You, sir. I'd love to drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just, like, I'll just wave at you guys while you, you guys drink a, to that. Do you want a beer? Nah, I'll get you a beer. Oh, uh, John, let John give me a beer. Yeah, that's a good. You're, you're gonna. He's yeah. not adding anything to this anyway. <laughs> he is. He did a great job. <laughs> Can you bring him a seltzer? He's not Please. contributing much. <laughs> bring him like one of those press seltzers, the low. So alcohol. anyway, that that. Uh, oh, there's some juice in there. You could bring him some juice. <laughs> no, seltzer's fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I just barely opened one. Thank you. You want the press? He wants the press. 
Budweiser's not that good. It's not. Hey, anyway, keep, keep going. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, yes, so Mr. Ethan Becker. I feel like I need to say Mr. Ethan Becker every, I, I, time, I feel... every time I address you. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, where Most do we people begin? People refer to me as their old weird Uncle Ethan, so this is so. Well, you know, it, it's it's nice every now and then to be yeah. called Mr. Uh, I don't. True, I but it makes me very conscious of my advanced <laughs> age, which is not a good thing. Okay, that's fair. Not that I'm complaining about getting old. Yeah. So, so welcome to the podcast. Um, for those of you listening who may not know, Ethan Becker is a knife designer and and maker as well. Correct? No. Nobody has. I try to hide everything that I have actually made. Hmm. I am a designer. And anybody who has stumbled across my feeble attempts, all they are, if I make a knife, it is a proof of concept. And because I am very unskilled with these. For those of you listening, he's, he's my, showing his us elbows. His, my, his, he's showing us his hands. My digits. So your previous guest... Dan, um, I am in awe, and in fact, one of the things he's going to be doing when we get back to the ranch is doing some things that I can't do on a new proof of concept. Oh, awesome. Right on. Yeah. So, <laughs> he makes good stuff. He does. And you guys make good stuff. Thank you. And getting better all the time. Man, I hope so. <laughs> I know that I know that that's well, the, as, that's the goal. As, as a user, as well as a designer, I have watched your your edge your blade and edge geometries and stuff get consistently better, and that's where it all is. Where's, where's Leo? <laughs> where is Leo? Yeah, I, I, he's I the actually, one that's deserving of all of when I was on my way up and when I was on my way up here, Leon called Anna and. They're on their way back as we speak. Awesome, awesome. So Hopefully he'll make it up here. Probably another, probably another few minutes, and, and the man himself will be walking in, Mr. Yeah. Leo. Do you do you have a favorite tops knife design? I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> do you, do you have a favorite tops tops design? Um, off top of that, in concept, Steve Dick's knife, the FMS mm. or the which is, I felt that the is edge the on that was not. That your your grind was not, but that was how many years ago? Uh, the Frog six Market Special ish. is seven years. Probably, probably seven. Six so to seven? Se- six to seven years ago. Yeah, and when I look at when we were going to the facility and I was looking at the edges and the and the blade grinds and stuff, I'm going, mm, okay, not bad, not bad, maybe even pretty good. <laughs> so, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take that for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Steve. Uh, Steve's been around the cutlery business almost as long as I have. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he goes way back into tactical knives and and probably even before. The very first article that was ever written about a Becker knife was written by Steve Dick. Oh really? For the old knife world when it was. You know, that broadsheet. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damn. And <clears throat> did he say good things? Hmm? Did he say good things? Um, he got me in a lot of trouble with some other people because um, he was doing an article on camp knives. <laughs> a couple of, it, it was compared to a couple of pretty nice, uh, actually quite good uh, custom makers. And then I went to my first blade show and they were not happy with me <laughs> because um, Steve had said nicer things about the Meshacks and their camp knives. And I got one good friend out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and one person who we never really connected, but that wasn't because we could, they're both certainly much better knife makers than I was. And some of them had, or both of them had created knives that I was really, really uh, thought were wonderful. So, how how far how far back does that go? Jesus, I, nineteen I, early eighties. Okay, so you've been so you've been in the knife world since about nineteen since the nineteen eighties. Yeah, in terms of designing. Yep. And we talked earlier. The first, I mean, I've been a knife nut or an ed, a cutlery nut. Since I was, since I can remember, a thing I wanted for my birthday year after year after year was a hatchet. Age six or seven, my parents, somewhat clueless, <laughs> in this instance, got me one, and I've been I've been fascinated with cutlery ever since. And I like it all. I like swords. I like axes. I like knives. Um, I never got into the razor, the straight razor uh, craze because some mornings I don't trust myself to do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who shaves anyway? That's. Oh, sorry. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I just barely sorry. shaved. Yeah. <laughs> I shaved yesterday. So, yeah, but the, the, and the knife industry has been just a wonderful thing for me. I've met some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. Um, I've had some of the best times I've ever had in my life because of it. Um, and um, and finally, um, after having uh, after finding a company that actually paid the royalties that I was due, I started to make some money at it, which was nice because it was a hobby for a long time. An expensive hobby for a long time. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that. They, especially guys that are like, hey, I've got this really good idea for a design. It's like, okay. And they think, like in their mind, they seem to think they're going to get rich off of this one design. It's like, that is uh -uh. not how it works. Uh, there's one knife that I made that makes me a pretty good living on its own. And that's the second knife I ever designed. And that's uh, the Campanion, the Armageddon blade. Nice, nice. So, um, but, you know, most, I mean, I've been very lucky. I finally, as I say, I found a company that pays royalties and is pretty good at marketing and, um, and who puts up with me. And <laughs> I can put up with. 
<laughs> so all of that's good. And so when, before you got into designing knives, um, so you have you have a background in uh, in like culinary arts and things like that as yeah. well, correct? Yeah. Is that did that come before uh, designing knives? Oh yeah, or about the same. Okay. Yeah, um, my grandmother wrote a book which was called The Joy of Cooking. And it has sustained now with my son and daughter-in-law four generations of the family. And I never thought I was going to be doing that because I figured my older brother was going to do it, the whole primogeniture thing and all that stuff. But my brother and my parents couldn't work together. And uh, so I was offered the deal, and it, it, it is in some ways the ideal part-time job. Because three or four years out of 10, you gotta work your tail off, and then you get a seven-year vacation. Wow. And where you basically, I mean, it's very part-time. Uh, and that's, uh, that allowed me to be in the knife business. Because as I say, it didn't pay for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dan had a had a similar experience. You know, he, he apprenticed for at least a year and and things like that, yeah. not making not making any money. And and a lot of people, that's how it, that's how it goes. You know, yeah. your your first however long, you're not going to make anything until you figure it out and get good at it. But you know, all those show expenses for years and years and years and stuff, just and nothing. But now it's pretty good. I say, your competitors over in Olean are are okay to work with. <laughs> Good. So. Good. So so through your years in the knife industry, how many how many designs out there have the the Becker name to them? That's well over twenty now. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and I. It's funny when I because originally. The first outdoor industry that I was involved in was the climbing business. And I, uh, I bought a little company and uh, with some other people, and we made really high-end, good climbing equipment. So I was, I've been metal mangling for a long time. And um, then I had, uh, I've always loved kukri knives. <coughs> And I sent two kukris to Vietnam, I mentioned this at lunch, um, and neither knife came back, but the guys who I sent them with came back, which was the important part. Yeah, yeah. And one of them uh, came apart while a guy was chopping on something close to a river, and he said he watched the, the stick-tanged blade oh, disappear no. out into the middle of the river, and the other guy just left it left a knife with somebody because they needed it more than he did. Okay. And so I talked to him about that and what they liked and what they didn't like. And same of complaints I had with the Kukri was is that they were made for people with very small hands. Um, the steel was indifferent at best. And the sheaths sucked. And... Um, so at the time, I was using a case, World War II era case survival machete, a lot, uh, camping, 
Um, I had eight acres that I was taking care of where I lived, and I just used the heck out of that thing. So the handle on that was really nice. I was just slab handles, and I kind of borrowed, and those, those handles inspired my design, shall we say. <laughs> um, and uh, I, had a, I was in the climbing equipment business. Uh, we made pitons and piton hammers and stuff, and uh, that's heat-treatable steel. It was uh, for, uh, got some 4140, and I had a grinder, and I had a bandsaw, and um, the heat treater was right across the street. Yeah, convenient. <laughs> convenient. That always helps. Yeah. 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 Uh, good. Uh, and they made, the Cincinnati Gear Company was right across the street. Cincinnati Steel Treat and a building that looked just like the one that Cincinnati um, Gear Company was in. And they made a lot of 4140 gears. Those guys, Mondays and Fridays, you could trust them (laughs) to get exactly what you needed. So that was cool. So instead of being smart and just making a few, I made 200 and I was in the knife business. Kind of an ass-backwards way to do it, but that's that's me. That's how it works. So... um, I started going to gun shows and um, and met a met a few other knife makers and that um, was it, I've I never looked back. It's been fun. As as when you first started um, as the designer, did feedback from whoever you gave your knife to that like you just mentioned that like oh the sheath was didn't wasn't good. Or like the tank fell off. Did you did you ever feel like did you take that feedback well, or do you think? Just, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're, I like to think of myself as a problem solver, and if you're a problem solver, you need all the help to solve the problem you can, mm-hmm. you can get. Now sometimes you get criticism. That isn't productive. It's, or? it's just, it's not creative <laughs> criticism and it's not positive criticism. And um, a lot of people don't understand. Um, users of knives understand other users of knives' complaints. If a guy talks to me about, oh, this line's not quite the way it ought to be, or this or that, or one thing, or another, that's one thing. The guy says he can't get the knife to work. I want to listen to him. Maybe I can help him with his technique. And I should have shut this off. <laughs> now you're fine. <laughs> Leo's phone is usually louder anyway. Yeah. 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 Gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a war zone. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, where were we? Before I rudely, so rudely interrupted me. Constructive criticism. Yeah, the people that don't know the difference. Oh, yeah. Between. I mean, it, it, and also, when you, if, if somebody criticizes a handle design I have, and they have tiny hands, okay, you need to find a maker that makes a handle that's going to fit your hand. Because any tool, whether it's a gun, especially a pistol, if it's a knife, 
if it's uh, a hammer, uh, if it's a good chisel, they have to feel good in your hand. My knives fit this hand, <laughs> holding up his right hand, extremely well. They may not fit your hand. You need to find a different person to buy a knife from. Yeah, that's that is uh, that is one of the things. It's it's hard to it's hard to convey, you know, and it's and it's hard to it's also hard when you're when you're making production knives to make a handle that will fit every hand. It, mm -hmm. it, it's just not going to happen. And it so, can't. Yeah, it's just because. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been very. Uh, I had a hand surgeon ask me which hand surgeon I consulted when I made the handle. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I consulted this hand because that's the one." Yeah. And he best. just started to laugh because um, you can tell you a tremendous amount about what you've made if it works really well for you. And I've made I've, I've, and handles. I've. Hey, handle handle designs I first came up with were so horrible <laughs> that it just is ridiculous. And you know what? This hand told me they were really, really, really bad. Yeah, my my hand surgeon's name is Rosie. Yeah, <laughs> Palmer. So. Yep, Rosie yep. Palmer. No. Oh, you got it. Thanks, John. Sorry. Thank you. Um. I, I, I ducked so I had to go over my head. Yeah, I didn't want to get it. I know, yeah. I know. It was bad. <laughs> it, even I knew it was bad. But I, you know what? I, I, I shot my shot, shot and it sucked. You know, I, you missed the whatever. There's a whole. Yeah, story. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I had a question for you, Ethan. That I, I've been Mr. thinking about, Ethan, Mr. Sir. Yeah, it's Mr. Mr. Ethan Becker. Becker. <laughs> sorry, yes. sorry. Um, Enough been... with the Mr. Becker. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I... I'm beginning to not like. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> move this closer a little bit. Sorry, I apologize. Can you move this closer? Oh, a tiny yeah. bit. Sure. There you go. There we go. Thank you. So I've been I've been wanting to ask you this for oh, a while. Um, do you, as over the years that you've been in the knife business, do you see? a lack into interest of knife making for the younger generation? Or do you think there's a, there's been a lot of like increase of interest over these past few years or? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you, one of the things is when I, when I first went to, when I went to my first blade show, there was, you know where where uh, where we go up the escalator from the pit to go over to the show. He doesn't. And there are those ballrooms. Yeah. Those ballrooms in the back. That was the entire custom knife section. There were like twelve or sixteen, maybe booths for the quote industry. And that included Becker Knife and Tool, which was extremely small. And you look at it now, and there's hundreds of companies. And the number of custom makers, there's a bazillion of them. Well, yeah. and, and I mean, it got canceled last year, but the year before it, they opened a new room. Yeah, that was that they hadn't that they hadn't used before. They they were using hall space, 
for a while, and it, that that filled up, so they couldn't even use the hall space anymore. So they opened a new room, um, not last year, but the year before. If, it's, so it's growing for sure. So I mean, the old joke is is that if, back in the old days, if somebody farted. In the industry section, everybody left a room. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome joke. <laughs> but, <clears throat> that one went over my head. You know, Did it too? And, yeah. And, I'll, and one of the wow, things that really impressed me is uh, over a long period of time, because I make factory, I mean, I make, quote, factory knives, but I love cutlery. It doesn't make any difference. I'm, and I look, I go through the custom people and um, some of whom are extremely good friends of mine and the quality of work now versus the first knife show I ever went to is just incredible the nicest knife on a table in 1985 let's say would not be hard, would hardly be noticed today because of the quality. I had an experience, and I can't remember this kid's name, but, but it just drives me crazy. But I should have known. And he was wearing the Arkansas knife maker uniform, you know, the dark blazer, the white, white shirt, mm-hmm. string tie, yep. cowboy boots, and pressed Levi's. And, uh, obviously quite young and I'm looking at a beautifully designed and incredibly well executed bowie knife on on this guy's table and I'm looking at this and I'm pick it up I'm looking at it and it's freaking perfect (laughs) there's nothing I could uh, there's nothing there was nothing I could find to criticize aesthetically or in craftsmanship and I looked at him and I said, your dad makes a great knife. And he oh, said, oh, oh damn. <laughs> he said, actually, that I made that knife. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, my God. And I looked, I said to him, I want to see the knife you make when you're 40. Wow. Because mm-hmm. I said, this is, as close to, this is as close to perfection as, as I've ever seen. And it was Jerry, it was pretty close to Jerry Fisk quality out of a 20, maybe 22-year-old kid, Jeez. guy, excuse me, anybody who does work that good is not a kid, he's a man. <laughs> Absolutely. So. What do you think that's due to? Is it the amount of information available now? I'm sorry? Why, what do you think it, why do you think it's, they're getting so good, is it because of the amount of information? It's like everything else. I mean, the first generation of custom knife makers in this, in, here, if somebody went to them and said, I want to learn how to build a knife, they were like, get out of here. Like, yeah. Dan. And he <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and so many guys who were trying to get into business got this brush off. So when somebody came to them and said, I want to learn how to build knives, you couldn't shut them up. <laughs> because they, they know what it feels like to. Yeah. To they knew what rejection snub. felt like. And look at the hammer ends. I don't know if you guys go to very many of them, but I love going to them because people show you how they do it. And it's, 
it's like when videotape hit, hit athletics. Mm, absolutely. Okay? If you know what you should be doing, it gives you a huge leg up over frustrating yourself to death being as bad a knife maker as Becker is. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's one of the things that I think is really cool about, and, and maybe it hasn't always been this way, maybe it won't always be this way, but I feel like right now the knife industry is pretty inclusive. You know, there's some things that people keep close to the vest and they don't share, and, and that's understandable. But there's also a lot of things that guys are willing to share with each other. And, and, and you know, somebody's like, hey, man, I'm trying to do this and I'm struggling. And people don't look at them like, well, if I teach you how to do this, you're going to take money out of my pocket. They look at them like, yeah, man, I'll help exactly. you. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's not the case. One of the very few wise things I ever got out of a person whose name I will not actually mention, but who used to run a company that um, made my knives, said to me one day... <laughs> Let me Google that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> ...was, because uh, we were right next to each other at Blade Show, and we had somewhat similar knives on, on display, and he said, you think I'm your competitor, don't you? And I looked at him and I said, yes, I do. He said, you're wrong. I'm like, really? <laughs> and he said, Fill me in, the you? guy that buys your knife is going to buy my knife. He may buy your knife first and my knife second, but he may, you know, he's going to buy both of them. So we're not really competitors. And I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. It's like the whole thing with the Pepsi and Coke. There, there's a there's a thing they say that when when you have a Pepsi machine and next to a Coke machine, they mm -hmm. both do better. Yeah. Because the question goes from do I want a soda or not changes to do I want a Pepsi or a Coke. And exactly. So, yeah. So taking away the question of do I want a soda, it, they both do better. I had a friend years and years ago whose family was in the fast food business. And um, I noticed him, he, we were head, headed for a burger, and uh, I noticed that they were building a competitive store across the street. And I said, oh, that's trouble. He said, no, 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 no. He said, the best thing to do is to have me on this corner, one of my competitors on this corner, another <laughs> competitor here, and another competitor here. And I said, what are you kidding? He said, now you're a destination. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And if the and, other ones are full, all where the are they going to go? All the business is going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think in the knife business that that has a lot to do. That has a lot. To, if anybody's building a quality blade that's got any reasonable design to it, I wish them well. People who make junk, well. I'd rather you didn't pollute the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get off my Agreed. lawn. Agreed. <laughs> Quit taking a leak in my well. But it, but it, but it, it works, and that's that's the thing that that I've you know the longer I spend doing this, the more I realize like guys that are into knives, they're into all of the knives. Yeah. Not yeah. like this knife or that knife. They're into every knife. They'll buy every knife they can buy, and it just you know just when it strikes them the right way, they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll buy that knife. Yeah. And yeah. if you look at it, at somebody who's never been to Blade Show before, but who's a knife nut, you talk about a dilemma. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> I've been going to Blade Show since almost. A, a, I don't know. Which Is it forty one years it this year? Is it their 40th? I think, I think, I think this I think year is the 40th said. year. Yeah. I'm sorry? I think this year is the 40th year. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And uh, actually, I'm so old that Steve Shackelford and I went to our first Blade shows the same year. Oh, damn. Okay. That's I not very old. That's not very old at all. <laughs> <laughs> but... <clears throat> um, yeah. Why are we giving thumbs up to each other? I don't know. That, that's just weird. Anyway. Sorry. Oh, weird? Yeah, yeah we, you know, <laughs> don't make it weird. <laughs> it's what people do. That was awkward. So it's been, I can't remember. It may have been, it was still in Knoxville. Which, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, was a while back. And I uh, was in Knoxville for a couple of years after that before they moved down to Atlanta. Um, I'm really curious about um, what you think about social media. I, I know a few folks that are folks are older than me and they they're not in the same generation as I am and they don't really comprehend social media. But in your eyes, you've seen how the knife world has revolved and how oh, social yeah. media has changed. Are you all for it or Oh hell yes. Yeah. Um give you a funny story. Will Fennel, who worked for Camilla Scottlery, mm-hmm. called me one day and Will's a been a good I knew him before I was working with Camillus it would be through his dad and um, actually he sold my knives at Blackjack before he went to Camillus mm-hmm. and his dad was uh, the best salesman Camillus ever ever had and uh, he called me up and he said Ethan he said I've, I've started a, I've, I've set up a forum for you I said what the hell is that? <laughs> he said, well, he said, people get on it and they will type um, type questions and I want to discuss about things. And I said, well, do you know how badly I type? <laughs> and he said, yeah, exactly. Step, step. <laughs> and he said, he said, you got to do this. And I said, That's, I do not have to do this. You're younger than I am. I don't work for you. He said, Becker, <laughs> he said, you got to do this. And eventually, um, he wore me down, and it took a long time. And I've made some of the best friends I've ever had on that forum. And, um, I mean, people that come visit me, that I go visit, um, the Becker had gatherings started on the forum, and that was... Uh, Really, really a fine. Um, I've had lots of fun with those. I mean, getting 30 people together for a weekend, good food, a little booze, sometimes a little too much booze, and <laughs> talk about knives and guns and, and, and people making stuff with knives and, and testing them out and all that stuff. It's been wonderful. I love social media. I'm not good. I don't do Facebook. And I don't. I do some Instagram, but not as enough. But uh, and I, I don't do Twitter. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, God. We barely do. No Twitter. one should do Twitter. 
Like it's it, it for for our the thing we do. It's that one's more for if you're like in the news industry and stuff like that. That's a that's a great medium. But for I don't know for knives, uh, I just I guess we haven't figured it out quite right. There's yeah, something that. But I've 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 been somewhat absent uh, from the forums, my own forum, unfortunately, because it's just been a really weird year for me. Uh, the ex-wife that I really love um, ended up with uh, stage four colon cancer, and then my son ended up with it, and they're both right now. But I mean, it just was a terrible uh, blow. On top of everything else, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just been a. It, um, there's a. I have a one of those meme photographs, and it shows a toilet paper roll. Made out of cheese graters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it says, this is 2020. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's. Do you, do you have anybody that's trying to follow your steps? Oh, I guess in a sense, yes. I mean, several people have said that I've inspired them, their designs and stuff. Um, the, uh, was it, uh, utility, uh, the utility tool project guy? I was admiring some of his stuff at the, at the um, Oregon show, and he said, do you recognize anything there, Mr. Becker? And I said, no. I said, but this is really nice. He said, they're your designs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just really interested because I come from a, a obviously completely different generation, and uh, I just want to, I just kind of want to get your, like, overview on, like, how, I'm really just super, super curious how the whole knife industry has just changed over these so many years since when you it's, started I, the biggest thing is is that I think there were no real venues for people to get together that's what social media has done and, and a, on a huge basis my um, third wife came brought a deaf dog to the marriage and I didn't know squat about this internet thing, okay? Really didn't. So she couldn't find any information about how to deal with a deaf dog other than to put it down. And she had some characteristics, which I was not overjoyed about, obviously. But one thing you could say is that if somebody suggested to her she ought to put a puppy down, it was like... We'll put you down instead. <laughs> yeah, you first. <laughs> well, she couldn't find any information about how to train a deaf dog or deal with a deaf dog. Guess what? She went to the internet, and there were people all over the world sharing tips about how to deal with a deaf dog, because not everybody wanted to put their deaf puppies down. Yeah. And if you have a puppy long enough and it becomes an old dog, it will go deaf at some point if it lasts long enough. Sign language early in a dog's life helps things in the later life. But, and I, I thought about this and I thought, this is wonderful. Here are people with a pretty unique problem and they can get together. A person in England, a person in Germany, a person in Canada, a person in the States can all share what they've found out. Yeah. Man, it's funny how much we've talked shit about social media recently. 
and like this is what it could and should be. Well, it is. It It, it is, but there's just so much more of a shit show swamp. Yeah, there's a lot of trolls, but once you filter through the trolls, you you land on stuff like this. That's like there's a really unique problem, and you can solve it with tons of people who have already solved it. They can help you. I mean, if you think of if you think of YouTube as as social media. If you have a gun, you can't get back together. There's a YouTube video out there to show you how There's to do a it. Video that it'll show you how to do it. If you have a uni- if you have a an original um, Willie's made Hurricane Four motor, and you can't get it back together again, there's a YouTube that show you how to tear it apart and repair it, That's put right. it back together, and get it back in your Jeep. Yeah. yeah if you have an epoxy table, you need to build. Don't, there's a video. Don't even fucking there's bother a, with YouTube. There's a video that will teach you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, but it's crazy how how much we take the internet for granted. Like, yeah. Especially for them that they've grown up with it now. It's just like electricity for them. It just yeah. exists. So it just exists. Because yeah. I still remember going through the phase of when YouTube first started that I wanted to look up how to fix certain things. And it was just tough to find that information and now like he said just stuff that's that's yeah. really niche is is, is well, all and, and all the, the the algorithms you can type in one keyword and before you're even done typing what you want to know it it, 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 it already knows yeah. it tells you oh you're looking for this right well shit fuck yeah i and am it's let's not do that. all about watching pole dancers from ukraine <laughs> it's way right. well we'll back up back up <laughs> it's not well not totally not totally okay, okay, but it but it's acceptable. Yes. Okay. Yes. Done. Yeah. There are pole dancers in the Ukraine. There has to be. I'm just kidding. I know you too are. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and some of them are quite skilled. Actually. <laughs> and I wonder, like, going back to the to the to the growth in custom knife makers, and and this is just kind of a theory I have that I've actually just thought about while we're sitting here is is could it could it be one of those well. This is the way knives are made. So this is the way it's always been done. So this is how we're going to keep doing it. But then people started realizing, well, you know, let's think outside of the box. What if, what if, what if we do this? And what if well, we do sure. this? And what if we do this? And then from there, it just completely exploded. You know, it because you, you, look at, you look at knife catalogs yeah. from the 60s and 70s, and you're only getting so many designs. You're only getting so look, many options. I got no business. Camillus and uh, Case and um, Schrade were making knives that were so similar that you could interchange the blades and some of the designs dated to the 1890s. Yeah. Okay. It's not that those knives didn't work. Oh, shit. If it's not broke, don't fix it. It was hard to get excited about something that was a century old. Yeah. Oh, here's a clip point from these guys, and oh, here's another clip point from right. these guys. Oh, oh, here's a another clip point from these guys. So when when people started thinking outside of the box and and developing new designs and 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 edge geometries and just everything, you know, it, right? I, and I some feel of them, some of them some of them worked really well, and some of them are now in the dustbin of history. Yeah, a swing to miss. Yeah. 
I yeah, also, but no, you're you're totally right. I mean, people. I mean, look, anybody. If you're passionate about something, and you've got something that almost works the way you want it to, but not quite. Yeah. What do you do? You go down the basement. Yeah, you take a chance. And you build something that you want more than you wanted the thing that came from the yeah. factory in 1897. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and then you go to gun shows. <laughs> yeah, you take a chance, and buy that booth, and see what happens. Or call tops. There you go. That's an excellent. <laughs> yeah. That is an excellent yeah. idea. And one of the things I really like about your company is the fact that it's given so many people an opportunity to try shit out. Mm, yep. Because that's uh, that's how things get improved. People try stuff. If the market likes it, that's wonderful. And if it doesn't, you go back to the basement. Capitalism at its finest, right? Yeah, I mean the thing is, we we've no. in what? in no. what twenty uh, works? <laughs> almost twenty three years, we've worked with well over fifty outside designers. Yeah, you know, so that for us that's cool because we have a catalog that's really diverse, extensive. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've got a knife for almost anything, and. On the other hand, it's cool for, for others because they get a chance to, to take something that they put some effort into and some, some thought. You know, maybe they built their own prototype. Maybe they just have used a lot of knives and said, you know, I'm going to try this out. And they get a chance to, to put it out there yeah. into the world. Yeah. Somebody who's not a knife maker, somebody who had a great idea, thought they could fill a, a Niche, yep. yeah, fill yep. a gap, and you know they carry on with their own day jobs. They they have an entirely separate life, but they had this one great idea that could potentially turn into something profitable or you know even useful. And you know they can contact tops and and you know a lot of times they're going to get told no, but oh absolutely but that's something ninety nine percent of the time yeah probably. but that's We're but that's 90. something that everybody needs to get used to yeah, that's something but, that everybody should have happen to them but they're as, still taking that chance they're still yeah. putting themselves out there they're still saying hey this is my idea what do you think you know and how many times have you been told no we don't really need to go into that right <laughs> never right? never right. Yeah. well and that that response in itself speaks for itself yeah. you know so. You never. The answer is always no unless you try. Also, I think Ethan came from a time that a no was a lot harder because now even a no, like so let's say we have an idea, we have social media, so we can kind of almost have an immediate response if people are going to like it or not. Right. I mean, look at all the making sites, the, the GoFundMe kind of things, mm, yeah. yep. where people can uh, put an idea out and collect money and go to somebody uh, and get it made. I've got a very good friend um, who is a knife designer and he's not bad at it. Actually, he's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, he can he gets his knives made by LT Wright. They got his name on it. And LT makes nice knives. And um, he's got a very nice little side business. Yeah. And that option was not available to Ethan. It wasn't, avail- it's not, wasn't available at all until not too long ago. Mm-hmm. 
in a sense, LT is doing the kind of thing that you do in a different way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, you uh, go to LT and you say, hey, uh, I want 50 of these. I want 100 of these. And then that's where social media comes in. And you can put it out there. Yeah. You know, Instagram, between Instagram and, and Facebook, you can build a business. You couldn't do that that way. Yeah, I can see that. Was it when you said you made those 200 knives, how hard was it for you to sell them? There's, there's a V in the word knives. Kni- I said knives. Knive. Knive. Knives. knives. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. There's 200 knives. It was it, nailed it. Be, besides just like, obviously now social media is a long time. Yeah. And they were pretty damn crude too. There's a reason they didn't leave the table. Yeah. Those have got to be worth a pretty penny now too though. Yeah, where have you got those knives hidden? Yeah. 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 Anymore? I won't buy one. Better sell those. Got a couple laying around. I don't know how to shut this one off. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Dan. There's there's a little switch on the side. Yeah, just, there's a little switch. Just a little. He's talking about the phone, everyone. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> oh, yeah, and being a true friend, Speaking. he sat on it. Damn, yeah, he jumped right up. He was really excited yes. when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so and, and this is an indication. I mean, I spent a lot of time on on my iPad and my phone, and I don't know how to turn it off. I'm 76 years old, <laughs> and I don't know how to turn the damn phone on and off, and I can still make it work for me. I didn't. I didn't know how to turn mine off for a while, actually. Yeah, honest. it's a it's a complicated they, thing. They um, made it you harder. have to push two buttons, and then you have to slide this thing, and it's it's. No, on the iPhone, you have to push three buttons now. Three? Yeah. yeah. They don't want you to turn they, it off. Will you show me how to do it after yeah. this? Is all right. I can. I can. <laughs> it took me a while to figure it out after they helped, after they changed yeah, the way you do two. it. Yeah. I knew how to, to turn my last one on and off. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the iPhone, you have to push all three. Yeah. You have to do the volume buttons and then the power button. Yeah. There's these two. Hold them down. It's so stupid. Yeah. They do it that way so you won't turn it off. Amazon makes it almost impossible to, to, de- to delete your oh. account because they there's no reason to delete your account. Yeah, the but Wall Street Journal like does to, the same thing. To, to delete it, you have to click like 15 buttons to be able to delete an Amazon like, account. Are you sure? Are you no? But it's are not you e- really really it's sure? Not even Please just, don't go. <laughs> like the are you sure questions, they're at the end. Like to even find the option to close your account, you have to Google you to have cancel to, it. Like, it's hard to find the option. It doesn't. It's not where you would think it is, and they there's, do that on purpose. There's a company out there that does everything for you. Yeah, like you just oh, sign yeah. up for them, and yeah. they'll take care of everything. But if you they, don't have that do company, the cost, though. yeah. If, if, if you don't have that company, money. it's impossible to delete your Amazon God, account. How how lazy is our society now? Yeah, you pay another company to cancel a fucking subscription for you. <laughs> yeah. Time's, time, yeah, what the fuck? Time is valuable. You've got enough subscriptions that you know. But see, that, that's the only thing you can't ever buy is time. Yeah. So that's one way of buying time because you let somebody else deal with that while you do something that's more valuable. Yeah. 
And so this is true. Or just spend it, more however, time scrolling through Instagram. The laziness yeah. factor cannot be discounted totally. That is true. <laughs> or, just, or, or just don't log back into fucking Amazon ever again. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but but <laughs> and but the That's idea, but the the idea, their yeah. idea is that eventually you will, and your account will be ready. If you live as far out in the weeds as I do, you don't even want to contemplate the possibility that your Amazon account is dead. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. How else are you going to get things? Yeah. I mean, uh, the brown Santa Claus is a very important part of my life. It's I live about UPS. Oh, <laughs> oh thank goodness. This <laughs> 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 is like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> he's, he's hitting the flag button. <laughs> <laughs> well, the white Santa Claus. Oh, That's man. FedEx, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Something okay. like that. No. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, Let man. me see. I'd try to get the other one in there, except they're size 14s. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I have a big mouth, but it's not that big. Uh, oh, that's funny shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> and with that, no. Oh, shit. So, oh, man. I got I to gotta take a leak. Leo, get on, get on the podcast. But, no, it's, it's uh, you can't. That's another thing. What you can find if you need it today. This is true. It's just mind-boggling. If you need a f- weird fastener, yeah, it's there. You know, nobody has enough. Sp- do, do you remember the days of the sweet catalogs? No. If you were an architect or an engineer, they made they made directories. And the architectural suites catalog would take from the from here to the wall. Jesus. Okay. And they weren't cheap either. I bet not. And if you needed to find something some little architectural oddity, you had to go through all of that stuff. And I think they did it for engineers and they did it for other people. And now. Yeah, it's on that it's iPhone. My, it's on my phone. Yeah. On yeah. that iPhone that uh, Dan's sitting on? That he's yeah. using right now? Yeah. That he's playing with? Yeah. Still sitting on for he's he's he never, he's sitting on he's sitting on Ethan's phone calling yeah, it did. from his own. He did. <laughs> over and over and vibrate. It, it is kinda near his balls. <laughs> he's having a great oh, time though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, two hundred and three thirty missed calls. Yeah. <laughs> seven? Oh, it takes yeah. seven calls. <laughs> oh, it's good to know, I guess. Yeah, seven and a cigarette. He's good to go. <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't worry. Anyway, Leo, Leo joined us for a bit. He's, yeah, he's, so he's was, been super was, busy. I've and, been super busy, and I finally get a chance to come out and say hi at least. Yeah, and uh, I almost cut myself putting my hand on this new table. Oh, it's a flaw. Yeah. So your pencil doesn't roll off. Damn table. <laughs> I looked at it and I started crying because I thought it was crying with me. I don't know what I felt, but yeah. mixed yeah. emotions. It is a conversation 
A conversation piece? Keep Absolutely. Conversation Absolutely. piece, definitely. He was a sponsor of this table, just so everybody knows. Thank <laughs> Leo you. was? Yeah. Came out of his pockets. <laughs> I'm going to have to be like Dan and work for a year for free to pay off the table, too. Well, that's the thing. Like That's why he opted to build one, because he didn't want to spend the money to buy a custom one. And, well, it turns out. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they told you the, the beginning of the story, but my brother, he's, he does furniture for a living. But he does it. In Ensenada, which is right at an hour and a half across the border. And so I didn't want to spend the money to go and pick it up, yeah. stay down there for a week, get drunk, party, and then come back. Oh, it's a, a lot of waste of money. Yeah. As it is. <laughs> it's expensive. And so I'm like, you know, yeah, we can build it. So I drew it up, and we're, we're going to start it. And then John took over. And then uh, $5,000 later. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a spendy trip. It would have been funner yeah. spending it yeah. in... Yeah, that's Bahia. just on epoxy. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is like a knife design. It's it's. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take off. I gotta go pick up my wife at work. But it was it was nice meeting you. And a pleasure. A it was, pleasure. And Craig, you just gotta take over for me. But. Dude, I almost like, I felt it so sharp, so I started cutting it off. Thank you. Why did you shake my hand, Jesus, when I got here? Yeah, because I'll give you a hug. Later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mouth hug. <laughs> Still a hug, he says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Jesus, I with you. all due respect, it was great having you up here today. See, Jesus. No. Negative. <laughs> Jesus has two. Do you have the other pocket right there? Oh, there, there I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, so I missed your, your conversation, but just talking a little bit how Ethan just kind of explained how the knife industry has changed over the years, mm-hmm. and maybe even you can elaborate a little yeah, bit. Well, on we're actually talking downstairs when I had a little chance to talk to him, and yeah, you know, he's been in the in the knife world for forty plus years, huh? Pretty close. Wow, pretty close to forty. That's you know, there's a funny. There, there's always been a saying in the knife business, that once you get in it, you may change offices, but you won't change industries. Absolutely. Very few people yeah. leave the knife business. Yep. You, and if, my young friend, are screwed. <laughs> Am I, though? I feel like I'm kind of blessed. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> me too. I mean, I, I was working retail in firearms when... I got my job at Tops, but I've known Leo since we were yeah. fucking teenagers. Yeah, you know, and he he would come to the gun counter every now and again, and I'd I'd see the Tops logo, and I you know, and I finally worked up the nerve one day to tell him, hey, like if you're yeah, if you're ever hiring, yeah, if you guys are ever hiring for somebody to you know like go to shows and and do this and that, you know, let me know. And a year later. You know, I'd, I'd done an interview after we spoke, and then it, it was about a year later, I got a call from Leo, and he said, hey, man, we're ready. And, hmm. you know, I was a, a manager at a, a local retail spot, and I went straight to straight to the boss and put my two weeks in right there. Hmm. Didn't even, didn't think twice, and I hmm. haven't looked back since. So, so in, in some aspects, yeah, I may be screwed, but uh, <laughs> but I, I I feel like I'm blessed because... Feel, feel free to use this when it comes time to ask for another raise. 
Save yeah, save this audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clip it. Yeah. John? Yeah, I'll tell, I'll uh, tell us who's a clip. I'll go it. ahead and okay. flag it. <laughs> We're taking that shit out. Take Flagged. That. <laughs> um, but no, it's, uh, I've, in the almost five years that I've been here, the, the people I've met, like the shit right now, you know, meeting you guys. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, some people in the knife world will never have the opportunity to meet you. They are blessed. <laughs> That's what you meant. <laughs> you know, but it's uh, you know the, the the people I've been had the opportunity to meet by you know going to shows with Leo and Craig and yeah. and you know it's it's pretty cool. It's unreal. I I I love. I've met so many good people in this business, and. <clears throat> I look around, and I look around at the talent that's here now that wasn't here 40 years ago. This is not for you. Yeah, amazing to me. (laughs) Every knife show is, is, is an up. And that's, uh, and having achieved a certain amount of notoriety hasn't hurt anything. So right, that's, you know, because that's that's a, a different kind of fun. The the makers, Ethan. Right now, you're saying a lot of talent. Um, have you noticed a lot more makers here in the last two years than than previous years? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's same. Look, you were talking about influences and stuff on what's helped the business. Forged in fire. Absolutely. I thought about that earlier when we were talking about this. It's just, I mean, because people watched it. And I know a lot of, we both, we all know a lot of those guys. And some of them are a lot of fun to be around, but I don't know whether I'd want to watch, you know, four TV programs of them. (laughs) (laughs) True. Without enough beer. Yeah. um, But it's... The influences I run across people. Oh, you're in the knife business. Do you know so and so? And I'm going, why would I know that person? Yeah, <laughs> they were on Fortune Fire. They were. Do you remember blah blah? And I'm like, this is a housewife who probably has an okay paring knife, and she is fascinated by the making of man's third oldest tool. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you figure a rock is the first <laughs> man's tool, the broken rock came very shortly after that. I think the stick, I think my own feeling is that it went rock, stick, broken, broken rock. rock. Yeah. And you can still use a piece of broken rock to do everything you absolutely have to do. Yep. True. Yep. Aesthetically, they frequently don't do much for me, but, you know. You can get a sharp edge. Yeah. I've often said, after the broken rock, an awful lot of a knife's appeal is totally aesthetic as opposed to utilitarian. Because you look at you look at a knife. It's a tool. It's a ceremonial. It has a ceremonial. Um, uh, a history of ceremonial importance. Um, when you achieve something great in the Royal Navy, you got a sword. 
that was better than the one you had before because but as you went up you got you got you got a ribbon to put on your breast and you got a fancier knife (laughs) yeah and it was important to people and it still is it still is seriously yeah Yeah, i mean almost almost every culture has a knife that is that is specific ceremonial in nature you know yeah I mean, the, the kukri knife is a perfect example of that. That's a ceremonial blade, and it's also a blade that is used every single day by thousands and thousands of Nepalese. Yeah, the uh, in in Scotland, it's called the ski and do, I believe. There's a it's a dagger that they that they carry that's that's today mostly ceremonial, but used to be a a thing yeah. that they used. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Persians have the conjar. There's conjar. Uh, there's you know, there's so many that are yeah. that are ceremonial, and then and then, you know, like Dan was saying earlier, that it's it's one of those things that that has value even as you give it to your to your offspring or to your grandkids. Right. You know, there's that thing that's like, hey, here's this, and immediately it has more value than it did to that person. <clears throat> By the way, Dan. Mentioned something. I hate to agree with him in public. (laughs) (laughs) But he said he wanted to knife that somebody's going to give to their their grandchildren. There's no better last at least at least two generations. Yeah. 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 Actually, last week we got a we got a um, an email in from a from a gentleman that his his dad passed away. And he was going through a safe, and he picked up the Steel Eagle, brand new, never been used, probably the first round of Steel Eagles we've ever made. So this knife was made in '98, '99, when this top first opened its doors, and and um, <clears throat> oh yeah, it was on Facebook. And then he's like, "Does anybody know anything about this knife?" He's like I know it's the tops, and so I did a little spill on it. Like you know, you gotta, yeah, you got a piece there, man. And so he's like, "Holy shit, I didn't know what I had." And of course, people are right away. They're like, "Are you going to sell it?" He's like, "Nope, it's going in yeah. my safe for my kids." Yep. You know, yeah. I'm like, shit. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's well, that's one of the best compliments you could get. Absolutely, it really absolutely. is. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, saying the the three generation thing that you talked about, um, I'm going to be a grandpa. I'm 37 years old. My oldest son, him and his wife are pregnant. So to think about like the knives that I have now, like I know in my heart, like these knives are going to be around a shitload longer than three generations. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, in, in eight years, I'll be handing my grandchild a knife. And I'd, I'd feel like that three generation thing is, I mean, that's, that's almost on the low end of of the spectrum to you yeah. know i mean i've got a i've got a couple of samurai swords one of which was dates to seven early late 16s early 1700s still bright and shiny <laughs> and i sure wouldn't want <laughs> anybody yeah. taking a whack at me with it right that's awesome and that's um that's an and i got that from my uh, second father-in-law and it will go to my son. Well, rightfully so. That's awesome. I don't know whether he's quite ready for it yet. He's only 40. So. 
something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, you better give him a few more years. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll get there. Yeah. I'm all in the silence, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you think? What do you think, John? He's falling asleep over here. <coughs> you no. gonna uh, you gonna become a knife maker or a or a no. carpenter? I don't yeah. know anybody that knows how to probably make knives. Not. I'm just gonna stick to concrete. Oh, I did. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Did you, you know con- did you? But you weren't always good at concrete. You probably sucked no. at that once too. Yeah, <laughs> a couple years actually. Did you ever? Did you ever fuck up once so bad with concrete that it was like thousands of dollars that you just poured on the floor? Or no, I never fucked up. No, they just left it. They just left it. They crack. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, not concrete. <clears throat> I wonder if they're ever gonna lose a recipe again like the they did. I know ago. that I'm, I know that I may sound like a dick right now, but I'm I'm just trying to give you some optimism here. Like, but, but he sounds like that all the time. There's a yeah, chance. A there's a chance that you could be <laughs> that you could be good at making stuff out of like wood and epoxy. Maybe one day. Yeah. yeah. See. Did the man say, "It's okay that you're pissing on my leg." <laughs> but don't tell me it's raining. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Okay. Fair enough. Being honest. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right. All right. I'm sorry, John. It's okay. <laughs> At least you can wash off if it's pissed. Yeah, you probably you never wash, <laughs> wash it off. <laughs> when's, when's the first time you, you heard of Tops, Ethan? Ooh, wow. Um, probably pretty close to when you guys got started. There was a whole lot less to keep track of 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. I remember remember one thing that that it was um, Strider, Cold Steel, Bussy. Ah, Busey. (laughs) French Combat Night. Yes. Yes. Um, And then, of course, you know, CRKT and stuff like that. But those were the big big names that, that, that... our, our Has main anybody competitor. heard anything about Bussy lately? Nothing. I haven't. I remember our main competitor in the tactical part of knives was was Strider. You know, Strider, the Strider boys, the brothers. Um, that uh, shut up, Becker. There's <laughs> 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 nothing you can say at this point. Oh, <laughs> so uh so last year all the shows being shut down and everything um was that refreshing for you or were you did you miss all that i will say this my idea of a really good time is blight show i'll second that okay i mean I get to see people I know in the industry. That's wonderful. I get to talk to people who use my knives and um, collect input about what I'm not doing right. That's important. But by and large, knife people are good people, in my in my view. And I'd rather be in the pit drinking soda water than anywhere else that I can think of for an evening out. Yeah. That's um, the mix of um, industry crazies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Of which there's more than one or two. And um, the more (laughs) sober-sided. 
But just the mix of of getting to know customers, um, getting to know my competitors better. I've, I'll, and I'll even like even it. even for for like the customs to get to know the makers. Oh yeah, and hang out with them and drink a beer. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, I don't know if, if you guys brought it up, but you know, the reason we started the podcast was to show people like we're normal, we're normal guys. Yeah, you know, a lot of people would go to shows and oh man, this Leo knows and I get to meet him and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about, man? Like fucking call me, I'll give you my cell phone number, we can hang out. Yeah, you know. But the thing that that blade that you go into the pit and you hang out with people, you're you, like you said, your customers, and you drink a beer with them. You know that for us it's cool. Imagine for people. Well, like sometimes, that. sometimes you're sitting down like drinking a beer with somebody. You don't know who they are. Yeah, you true. think you don't. You're thinking ah, this guy's probably just like at the show. No, he's like a fucking custom knife maker. He's got badass shit on his table. Yeah, yeah you is. see him the next day manning a table, and you're like, holy shit, that dude's yeah. like he's, he's a, really he, good. This guy's <laughs> legit. Yeah, and, yeah, but you just thought he was a guy. Exactly, and yeah. and it's that's that's everybody. You know, that's, but I agree. I agree. Blade Show. Blade Show is one of. One of my my, yeah, I, favorite shows that that I've done. I I mean, shot shows. I used to when I was not anywhere near as successful. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of shot show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the the thing is, is now I don't get to leave the booth <laughs> because people want to talk to me, and that's why I'm theoretically that's why I'm there to sell knives. Yeah. And but it's it and it's not that I don't like the, the, our wholesale customers. Some of them are really some of the loveliest people I know. Yeah, true. But you know, um, the ones that are also users are the ones I most enjoy talking to. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. And um, Blade West came back. Uh, were you guys at Blade West? We, we were. were. Yeah. We were. How come one didn't? Um, yeah, we were there. Yeah, we, yeah. we've been there. But since I mean, they came that's back. yeah, since they came back. And I'll tell you, the show that I loved more than anything was A.G. Russell's show. Did you ever do that A. G. one, Leo? Russell, I don't remember that. No? Uh, it only lasted a couple of years, but it was the perfect size. You could talk to everybody <laughs> that was there, and it. it I don't think it was commercially. Soldier of Fortune is the one I remember that. Oh, yeah. The last one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of badasses there. (laughs) Holy shit. One year at at SOF, there was uh, somebody took some uh, fluorescein um, uh, dye that came out of uh, life fest things that makes a big fluorescent yellow. Greenish yellow. Yeah, it turns the water like not for rescue. Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to do a lot of caving. We used fluorescein dye as a as a way to track. Oh, nice hydrology. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and the head of security and the maintenance guy are in the coffee shop talking about how to get rid of the fluorescein because they don't know what it is. And I just leaned over and I was just dump a bunch more chlorine in there. And it'll go away. <laughs> How do you know? Did you fucking put it here? <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, having been the usual suspect way too often, I was thinking, it's gonna they go still right. have a lot of mafia influence in this place, don't they? <laughs> 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 
So I immediately started backpedaling and I told him what it was and how I knew about it. I think somebody that I know dumped five pounds of it in the Ohio River and turned <laughs> about two miles of it into fluorescent horse piss. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. How can you get that? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. You can always tell a caver who floor scene with that, a scene. That a new caver found found out about about it because there'd be a fountain somewhere in town that was spouting interesting looking stuff. That, that's crazy. So a really small amount goes a long yeah. way. Well you I mean uh, if you look at uh you ever see a video of a guy that they're pick, uh, somebody they're picking up has, has popped it. I think those dye packs are only about this big, and there's this huge patch of ocean. It's so you're talking like 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 a three by five. three inch thing of, of yeah, it's a little tube of it. Jeez, more like a vial. Like a vial. So yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. It turned. Uh, <clears throat> what was the, it? Was uh, where was the SOF at? There was what? What was the casino? Um. Wait a minute. You're too young to have a memory that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that, those were the first shows. <clears throat> the first shows that um, that Mike started doing. Yeah. That 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 you know. But then they closed it after. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't even. You know, I I I've met some really interesting people. There. I met the first time I met Elmar. Was there the first time I met Colonel Colonel Applegate? Was there? <clears throat> that was kind of interesting because he was uh, trying to to go into manufacturing himself, and he saw me as a person who was obviously just starting out and stuff. And he asked me some questions, and of course, I'd read all of his books <laughs> as a teenager. And um, I was like, I'm talking to God. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, he said, uh, he said, thank you. And he said, I'll give you a call when we all get home. He said, I'm, I'll probably have some more questions. So <clears throat> you hear that crap at shows. I'll get in touch yeah, after the show. Never come How home. often does that happen? Yeah. Well, two weeks after I'm home, my secretary says, Ethan, there's a Colonel Applegate on the phone for you. I'm like, <laughs> don't hang up. <laughs> make sure you don't get the culmination of my existence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. Um, he was uh, he was a very, uh, one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. He's a, he was something. I asked Steve Dick one time, "How comes nobody did a had done a biography of him?" He said, "How do you do a biography of a man whose entire life is classified?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a stack of redacted. black papers that everything's <laughs> fucking redacted. Yeah, Colonel Applegate was born redacted in the year redacted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Well, Ms. Well, I apologize. Well, Ethan, 
Thank you. Uh, almost, Thank you almost, for being on the show today. He almost hey, shot the mister at you. I wasn't sure it was going to be worthwhile coming down here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be hanging out with Dan. That's fair enough. <laughs> and now it's been confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, um, I've had enough fun that um, you're only four and a half hours away, so I may come down and waste some more of your time. Or we may go down there, man. That, that, part, a, of, that part of the country is beautiful. Absolutely. Are you a fisherman? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes. Are you a fly fisherman? Oh, yeah. No, but I will be. <laughs> I'll, I'll teach him. <laughs> teach him. Well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you stay with me when you're up there, it's about a five-minute walk to some of the best fly fishing water in the world. So what do we got going on next month? Um, next month, we Nothing. can figure something out. Where yeah, you at? Yeah, we got time. <laughs> um, I'm on the west fork of the Bitterroot. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to talk these two into taking me with him. But well, you can leave him home. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair yes. enough. A- anyways, the uh, the the invitation is open. Anytime you want to come up, hang out. Yeah, we'd be Great. happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, Dan too. Same same for Dan. Absolutely. It's a little longer of a drive for Dan, but uh, you know, there's also airlines and, and yeah. shit like that. So um, same goes. Uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. yeah, so it was honestly it was it was a great day. I'm glad you guys made it out here and that we got some time to to walk around and, and chat and you guys and have do a this. very impressive operation here. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, Leo absolutely. Leo has uh Leo spent a long time building that up and, and uh you know yeah, but I couldn't have done it without the you know, all these guys that, that you know support what I do and support my crazy ideas, you know. It, it's 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 a it's a team effort, you know, everything you see here and I know a lot of people um, don't have a, you know, a clue of what we do and how we do it. You know, they yeah. think it's another knife that just appears and, and we just send it out. No, we put it's a lot of work. Yeah, we put a lot of work into these things. You know, yeah. it's not custom, but it's it's a lot of handwork goes into into what we do. And um, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and and see having like you having you here and you're a maker and you and you know what it takes to make a knife. And seeing what we're doing, you know, and to say that too, it, it means a lot because you know, yep, it, it's a lot of work that we put into this. And you guys, it's it's okay. I mean, to me, the, the neatest thing about what I've seen is how how much you've improved edge at blade and edge geometries. Yeah, over the years, yeah, which is something none of us understood a few years ago. The yeah. concept of it, I learned so much hanging out with. People like Jim Kroll and Jerry Fist, just listening to them talk about it. Yeah, and I'm the same way still. You know, I'm, I'm the same way when you when you got a custom, a custom maker, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit next to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, the, the stories and everything behind it. it it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, you never, you never, uh, um, you can't learn enough. You know, in this industry, there's so much to learn in it. You know, it's, you always there's always somebody that knows something that you've never heard before. So, yeah. Dan has that book. What's that guy's name? Uh, Laren Thomas. Laren Thomas. Um, he appears to have a lot of answers to the questions we've all been asking. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a book to read. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What is it? Knife engineering. Knife engineering. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. 
on my list. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there we go. So everyone listening to this podcast, thank you for sticking with us. Go to topsdailygrind.com. Pick up your stickers, mugs, or we don't have mugs on Top's Daily Grind. Shot glasses. Shot glasses. We got some sweet shot glasses. Uh, Water bottles. Water bottles. There's uh, there's some dick patches as well. Buckets of dicks. Buckets. Um, Buckets of buckets of them. And uh, so yeah, go go pick those up. Uh, Mr. Becker, where can people find you? They can find me um, at kbar.com, obviously. Um, and I don't have, I have an Instagram account, <clears throat> which I don't spend enough time on. And um, the Becker Knife and Tool Forum on bladeforums.com. And if you're lucky enough to be at Blade Show, you'll find him in the pit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you will. And that's also one show where I get away from the booth. There you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> that's my, that's so. my plan this year. You know, we're taking extra help, so there's a yep. lot of stuff we want to do. But oh. all right, again, everybody, thank you guys for sticking yes. with us. And until next time, we're out. Have we're a out. good one.